Hope FM, faith-filled radio. Well, at the helm of every good organisation, you need to have good leadership. And the, the man who is currently behind uh, YMCA Bournemouth is Gareth Sherwood. He joins me now. Good morning to you, Gareth. Good morning, Blair. Now, Gareth, I guess we ought to start, because when you talk about YMCA, I mean, people use all sorts of terms like young monkeys can't agree and yesterday's meals cooked, <laughs> cooked today. No doubt you have heard it all, you know. <laughs> YMCA is such a diverse organisation. I mean, imagine I'm a total stranger and you said to me, I'm the CEO of, of YMCA Bournemouth and I'm, I've got a blank look on my face and I say, you are. Uh, how, would, how would you begin to explain to me what's at the heart of the organisation? Um, oh, well, I mean, officially at the heart of the organisation is the Christian faith. And um, it's really defined as a, as a movement that wants to see uh, the Christian faith outwork in the lives of people around it and in the communities that um, it's placed in. So the YMCA is driven by a vision for young people originally, and those young people were essentially what we would call young adults today, 16 to 24, and has broadened its remit over the last 175 years to seek a kind of wholeness um, and um, an expression of Christian faith in, in its community for all ages and all brackets. Now going back to the, the early days, it was founded on the 6th of June, 1844. In fact, uh, it's my wife's right. birthday, although I do hasten to add when I talk to Jan, I said, well, I, don't, I know you weren't born in 1844, but her birthday is... This- <laughs> Her birthday is the 6th of June, so I always remember YMCA's, uh, YMCA's birthday. But George Williams, of course, he was a passionate young guy himself, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, he, was, he, was he was a young man that, that basically, when he was growing up in that time, saw the inequality, the poverty, the working conditions of the young men in that time. And you know, bear in mind, this was springboarded in the background of the age of the do-gooders, so the Wilberforce's. And that season of transformation where the, the hospitals and the schools and the universities were started. And I believe that he was so inspired by the ability of the Christian faith to see transformation in the community that he founded this group um, called the Young Men's Christian Association, which was to a degree a, a Bible study where they were mining the Bible for the pearls of wisdom that could transform the places that they lived in. Um, and, and then he inspired a whole generation of young men originally, and then uh, around the world, people. To, to live out their Christian faith in the public sphere. One of the things that, that I like about, about his life is, is, is the prayer bit. When he went to Hitchcock and Rogers, which is where you know, he, was, he was gainfully employed, and actually went on to be a very successful businessman, but, but he said he couldn't find another Christian in the place. So, no. so he, started to, <laughs> he started to pray, and you know, one, one became two, and then two became three. I mean, that, that is so encouraging, isn't it? I guess that, that that's... Yeah. That spirit of prayer has never left uh, the, the, the YMCA and heart has grown. No, over the years. It, it hasn't. And, and those early days um, from Hitchcock and Rogers, it, you know, essentially you're looking at a man that, that was in some way, shape or form trying to start a, a kind of a fresh movement because he saw such a need. And it was all driven out of, you know, a desire to serve the Lord and the needs that he saw around him. And, you know, the fact that it was founded and grounded in prayer um, means that this was a movement that was born of God. Um, you know, for the time that it was living in, and now, I, I would say, for the seasons we're coming into as well now. And of course, he was a man ahead of his time because I guess that the YMCA mm. really birthed the ecumenical movement. But you mentioned earlier on about the sort of the wholeness of life, and of course, the the symbol of the YMCA worldwide is the inverted 
red triangle. Although I know it comes right. in many forms these days. But just explain what just explain what that that symbol really means. What's the what's the ether thinking behind it? So there's, there's three parts of it. Um, there's there's the physical wholeness, there's the mental wholeness, and then there's the spiritual wholeness. And of course, we all know they're all connected. They're not three separate pieces. Um, but because of that, they were looking at how Christianity informs our physical lives, and how we how we we live, how we exercise, how we eat. It, how, it's how we informs our, our mental lives. So how we deal with our own minds, and how we deal with our state of, of being when it comes to our mental health. And then finally, it's the spiritual side, which is the the kind of the interconnectedness of all three as well. Which is you know how we serve the Lord, how we commune with God, how we pray. Um, and how we live our lives from the, the kind of the grand ought, the way we ought to live, the purpose of life, the meaning of life, which is a, a, an exploration a lot of people are doing now today. And I guess that also the, the YMCA would initially certainly have contact with so many people who wouldn't necessarily have had any, any contact you know, with, the, with the formalized mm-hmm. church. And I guess that you then therefore are, are, are the church to those individuals who walk through your door. Absolutely. I mean, one of the one of the interesting things that's happening around the world at the moment is people are starting to recognise that the church is not the buildings they met in, but the community of people that they um, they, they bond with, that join together and call themselves followers of Jesus, and that's completely indistinct from you know the staff that are attending churches on Sundays usually um, from the YMCA and the staff within the YMCA that follow Jesus that that are serving him in the week, and of course the church therefore is the kind of the expression of the the presence of Jesus in all its forms, not formalized within a building. Um, and, and that's one of the beautiful things that, that, that George Williams, well ahead of his time, had a vision for, and which was he wanted to see the church manifest in the community because he recognized that it was the people of God and not a building. Now, of course, some people, I suppose, find it difficult to get a hold of uh, what the YMCA does. And, of course, here uh, in our local area, mm-hmm. you, your work is very, very diverse. It's sort of pretty much cradle to grave, isn't it? Yes. Yes, I mean, uh, there's three main poles. You're going to hear from, I think, two of them later on. Um, the, the main poles being um, family, and encapsulated in that you have um, children, young people, and families and parents. Um, then you have the leisure side of things, um, which is uh, fitness and health and well-being and, and the gym and the leisure centre over in Broadstone. And then we have our housing side of things, which is predominantly... Um, looking after vulnerable adults um, and those that have got life-controlling problems. So those are the main three, but I'm going to give you a picture. Uh, last year we served about 1,800 families. We had contact with about 8,000 children. Um, we um, served over 350 young people a week. Um, we ran 85,000 fitness classes. Uh, people attended fitness classes, 85,000. Um, we have almost 3,500 members of uh, our gyms. And so it's an enormous organization. We employ about 180 people at any time on our roles, about 110 full-time equivalent staff. And uh, it's, it's a massive enterprise looking after all those people. And, of course, all of that has, has been brought uh, onto the spotlight, uh, as everything else with, with COVID-19. <laughs> that, that must have hit you uh, like an unexpected storm out of nowhere. Yeah, the, these things are challenges. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to something from N.T. Wright the other day, and he said, you know, pandemics are part of human history. And, um, you know, it shouldn't surprise us that we come across these things now and again, but this one has hit us all, really, hasn't it, and surprised us all. We thought 
you know, our modern medicine and our advances had gotten us past all this. And the effect it's had on the YMCA, of course, was the shutting down of, of a number of our centres because they can't run in this time. The, the government have closed them. Has meant that we've we've lost a lot of the the the, the people that we would serve and the revenue that we would generate through our, our leisure industry. But then saying that, you know, we, we've got increased demand for all of the, the family support and children's services that we run. There is still the online youth services that we are able to do to look after vulnerable young people and lonely young people. And we're very busy in all our housing and looking after the vulnerable adults because, of course, the, the homeless have been scooped from the streets and, as best as possible, put into the B&Bs and hotels. And the council have done a great job with that. And um, there's a lot of people on the back end to look after them. Well, of course, as somebody with a medical background yourself, <laughs> you, you, you must, I mean, it's absolutely incredible, isn't it? I mean, you must be proud of, of how the, the NHS and all the staff, you know, doctors, nurses, and everybody associated with it have, have really come to the fore. And, of course, with that being recognised uh, by, by the nation. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm proud of everybody that, that stayed in the frontline service with the public and with the vulnerable in this time. Um, you look at the NHS staff, and I love the attitude. It, it, it's, I remember it when I was there. It's we're all in this together. Let's roll our sleeves up and get stuck in because we need to deal with this, and we'll 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 worry about tomorrow tomorrow because today we need to deal with this. Um, and you know the same can be said for a lot of my staff. I mean, I've got staff that have kept working all the way through this, serving vulnerable children and families. I've got staff looking after the vulnerable adults within places like our hostel in the centre of Bournemouth. And these guys, some of them have come down with it. Some of them have, you know as best we can, we've mitigated the risk, but some of them have been exposed to it. And there's only so much that, that anyone can do to stop themselves getting it in this time when they've got to keep working and serving the public. And my guys, I'm just so proud of them for the way that they've stepped up and, and en masse done what they can to, to muck in for the nation. Hope FM, faith-filled radio. And uh, my profile today is on the work of YMCA Bournemouth. And uh, my next guest uh, has a very challenging uh, role. Well, in fact, pretty much all the roles within the YMCA are, are challenging. Uh, but Cathy has the responsibility for housing services. Good morning to you, Cathy. Good morning, Blair. So obviously, I mean, housing services within the YMCA covers a, lot, a, a broad range of work. Just sketch out for us. What, what does it all entail? Well, we have 108 units of accommodation across Bournemouth and Poole, um, and our main building in central Bournemouth, we have a 67-bed hostel and 22 move-on flats. The hostel is for people who need a little bit of a hand in life. You know, it may be that they've been homeless on the street. It may be that they're ex-offenders coming out of prison. It may be that they've been sofa surfing and they've got nowhere to call their own home. Um, many, many reasons. Homelessness is a really complex thing and there are real, um, really complex reasons why people become homeless. So they come to us and we provide accommodation and also support. We run workshops, we give one-to-one support, we provide meals and um, generally give people a helping hand so they stay with us for around about up to two years and we have a great success rate in moving people on to independent living in their own accommodation and jobs and um, getting getting their life back on track which is so rewarding we're we're really lucky it's a tough job but it's a great one too mm-hmm. well supposing i i was one of those many homeless people to come your way how how would i come your way 
in in the first place? Do I just sort of turn up at the YMCA and say, here I am, I'm in a terrible mess, can you help? There's two ways of accessing our support and accommodation. Um, we have beds that um, rooms that we're contracted to the local BCP council who um, pay us to provide a service and they nominate people. Um, and again, these people may have been homeless on the streets. They may have been battling drug and alcohol addictions. They may have had nowhere safe to call their own. And they're in need of housing and a bit of support as well to help them. Um, so they come to us through nominations through the council. And then we have our own waiting list as well that people can apply to join. Um, obviously, we get m far more people applying than we can help, unfortunately. Hmm. And and how do you how do you assess somebody if some if like if it was myself um, to get to know you know what's at the heart of me because I know that certainly with with many people that uh, and particularly where there's a sort of an addictive type background people can tell you all sorts of things which may not necessarily be the the truth at that point in time because they really well for want of a better term they want they want something you know how do you how do of you be, how do you begin to to get to know me and to know you know whether I'm t what I'm telling you is is the truth or not well you know you you've identified a real issue for us there and it's really down to the skill and the experience of the staff who do the assessments you're quite right when you're in the throes of addiction and you've been sleeping on the streets you'll probably say or do anything to get a roof over your head um, if you're an ex-offender, you may be ashamed about your criminal record and not want to disclose it. So we try and build up um, some trust and a relationship with, with applicants. And what we do is we try and say to them, look, be honest with us because we can work with honesty. But if we don't have honesty, we don't know how best to support you. Um, but as a, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, some people have very low self-esteem and they're very ashamed of their past and um, so don't like to disclose things. But we say, please be honest with us because that way we know how to support you to get the best out of your stay here. Well, I had a guest on the programme, you're pleased to know, Cathy, just a few days ago who was an XYMCA resident. And uh, he shared really with, with listeners how his, he'd been a drug addict, life terrible mess. But he, he described the YMCA yeah. as, as being a lifeline. He's now married, five kids, went through Moreland's Bible College, the whole thing. And, and, and talks about the, 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 the support that the YMCA gave him. It must be a real encouragement to you and your team. I know you'd love to hear success stories from everyone like that. Sadly, I know that that's, that's not the case, but nevertheless, it, it must be a great encouragement to all of you when, when you do, do hear those reports. It's fantastic. It's, it keeps us going. It really is. It makes all the work we do worthwhile. It is so good. And we often get people who come back maybe after six months, maybe after a couple of years and say thank you for what you did. Um, even thank you for being tough with me because that's what I needed. 
So that's great to hear. I'm so happy. And we offer so much support here at YMCA, not just practical support with life skills, because, you know, some people have very poor life skills. So learning to budget, we offer budgeting groups, we offer um, confidence in, you know, how to hold down a tenancy for when they move on. Um, but there's also a lot of spiritual support as well. You know, probably we have our own chaplaincy team and within housing, the housing team, we have housing, um, a chaplaincy liaison team. And those are designated Christians that if people want to talk and explore Christianity, they can do that in a safe and knowledgeable environment. Now, obviously, under norm, normal circumstances, all of this work is challenging. The fact that we now have uh, lockdown and COVID-19 must have come uh, really as, as quite a shock to the system. But how, how, have you, how have you been coping and dealing with things like, you know, isolation and so on? Particularly, of course, obviously, many of the folk that you're working with wouldn't necessarily be the most disciplined for things like that. If I'm honest, it's been hard, absolutely. We've got um, some very chaotic residents who um, find it difficult to manage their lives and are still in active addiction, so they need to go out to find out where they can score and so on and so forth. So it's very difficult. We've got some residents, many of our residents have a lot of physical health problems, which is quite a common side effect of long-term um, alcohol or drug addiction. Um, so they have health problems which make them vulnerable. So we have a few that are self-isolating and we take up their meals to them, for example. We've had to, um, well, we take meals up to everybody now. We, we've closed our restaurant because we couldn't keep people socially distanced. We've got alcohol hand wash everywhere. I've never washed my hands so much as, as recently. So you'd be one of the cleanest, um, cleanest people in the area. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and all the staff and all the residents. Yeah, so hand washing, um, gel pumps are everywhere. We've got extra cleaning going in to clean door handles and uh, things like that that are handled regularly. Hygiene is really important. And we've got, thankfully, a stock of PPE, the personal protective equipment, that we will need to use. But so far, we've been very, very fortunate. We haven't had an active case of COVID-19. So we're very, very grateful for that. Um, but um, we've got to keep vigilant. Um, we've only just reinstated face-to-face -face support because some of our residents were really missing that and they really needed that. How were you but doing we it before to, that, we, Kathy? Were you were you were you doing the using the phone or Zoom or telephone? Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Yes, yeah. And as staff, we've all got much more tech-savvy. Um, I haven't done so many video conferencing calls with the local council and other colleagues. Hmm. So it's great. We're, we're all in the 21st century now on video conferencing and Zoom, as you say. Cathy, <laughs> how is your... I mean, obviously it takes quite a bit of, of resources and so on, money and so on, to keep those wheels turning. Uh, have you been getting enough support, you know, in terms of food supplies and, and, and in fact, raw cash through this very difficult time? All the many, many things that you need in order to make what you do possible. 
It's tough for charities out there in the current um, pandemic. There's no doubt about that. Uh, where we have um, been spending extra money is particularly in the restaurant. We've been offering um, additional meals to people who are homeless in temporary accommodation outside of the YMCA. We've been putting on extra meals in the evening. Normally we offer a, a breakfast um, and a main meal, but we've been offering an additional meal as well. And of course, all our um, we've had to bring in disposable cutlery and disposable. We're not using plates. We're not using the restaurant anymore. We're taking meals up to the individual rooms. Uh, and so our, our money spend on extra food and consumables has been much, much more. But we've been applying for grants. The bulk of our money in the housing and support department comes from rent and from the grant from the council. So we've been fortunate there. Um, but other parts of the YMCA have struggled. And in fact, the leisure side of things, the Junction Leisure Centre has had to close, which is a real shame. Yeah. Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. Well, as we've been hearing this morning, the work of uh, YMCA Bournemouth is very, very diverse. And the person who heads up the uh, children's and youth work uh, is, uh, is Mark Ingpen. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Blair. So you you would have been busy with with the many many children's and young people's programs in the YMCA before lockdown. What's it been like now? Are, are you all becoming tech experts? I hear from Cathy. Oh yeah, that's definitely the way. Um, I mean, the children's centres still remain open. It's on there; they're still in place, um, offering the service they were, but obviously not groups as such, but still there for the families particularly um, and supporting families in need. So they're actually physically still open as well as offering a virtual children's centre they do as well. So, so they're, they're doing a bit of a mix of both. Um, but all the youth workers obviously had to stop in physical form um, and look at new ways of working because of it. So You were saying that sometimes you know, the challenges open the doors, you know, because that, those new ways of working that you described them actually can be quite successful in their own right, can't they? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's interesting how um, we've been doing weekly Zoom sessions um, for the youth work particularly, um, and we've managed to keep in contact with the majority of the young people who've been attending some of the sessions like Chatterboxes, um, and we've been offering different ways of working, really, and we're finding that uh, people are still in contact with us, and maybe sometimes more people are attending sessions regularly because it's easier for them to in their own home, and they're used to using the technology, and it just makes things sometimes easier as well to do that way which is quite interesting really they kind of offer in a different way um and then we're doing a lot more one-to-one support through telephone and online as well um so young people obviously have got a lot of issues at the moment with um isolation and sometimes being a bit lonely and not being able to physically meet up their friends in general um and just being bored really so offering something to them online is is working and seems to be so I guess your whole team have got their best creative skill hats on at the moment. <laughs> Coming, oh, definitely, yeah, <laughs> a d- different way of working, definitely. So yeah, so so the chatterboxes in particular are running three sessions a week, group sessions, um, and, and making full use of Zoom and breakout rooms and all the new technology we've had to learn very quickly. Mm. Um, and then on top of that, just just coming up with new ideas to keep them interested. So setting daily challenges for young people to do, um, giving them tasks and things just to keep them active and busy as much as anything during this day's times. 
So in a way, it's really just a physical presence going to the buildings, uh, you know, the, the, the children's centres that you mentioned there and, uh, and the youth centres as well. Uh, the YMCA operates is yeah. those things that... Although I guess even in your children's centres uh, there, are you, are you having to use sort of very strict social distancing measures? Yeah, so, so the centre is still open uh, for support for parents if they want it. The actual group sessions had to stop, but we still have midwife sessions are still going on and health is still involved. Um, and it's more supporting families over the phone now and kind of seeing how we can support them and deal with the issues. There's a lot of issues of domestic violence have uh, unfortunately been increased maybe during this time um, and how our team are still supporting them from a bit further apart. So, yeah, so still there and available for the local community is the main thing. <laughs> now, of course, we know that very sadly over the years of support, particularly for youth work and even for children's work, the, you know, the, 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 the grants that there used to be in abundance in many days are, are not around, um, you know, to the same degree yeah. right, right now. And I guess COVID would have affected that even more. Uh, how do you manage to, to keep the wheels oiled, you know? to get the money and to, to fund the, the very essential work with the children and young people that you do? Yes, it's definitely a challenge. Obviously, it's, it's tough to get the money at the moment. I'm sure all charities are in the same position. But the, the problem is, obviously, how do we find people who want to do it? There's a lot of competition for the funds out there at the moment. We're, we've been really lucky with funding over the years. We have some council funding for some of our youth work um, and open access youth sessions. We, we've tended to be able to step into the gaps where maybe previous council-run sessions have ended. We've been able to help them by taking over some of that youth work. And then we've been really lucky with chatterboxes that we've received funding from uh, the lottery. Um, so we, we've got another five years funding just starting next week in June um, for some of the chatterbox work, which is great, which means that we can keep on doing it. But obviously that ongoing problem of how we finance everything is not easy to do. Now, of course, among other things, you've also got management responsibility for the chaplaincy at the YMCA. And, of course, yeah. we, we had Ryan on the first start of the programme yeah. uh, yeah. today. I think he's champing at the bit, you know. I think he, he can't wait to, <laughs> to get back <laughs> to get stuck. Although, yeah. although, I must say that the, the new prayer line, you know, it's been quite a challenge, quite a bit of work to get that going, but, but yeah. it's not up and running. So, so what do you, yeah, no, great do, do you have a team, a team of people who work with Ryan on chaplaincy? What, how does that, what does that look like? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a smallish team. It's only Ryan, uh, another lady called Emma, who also helps out with faith work. Um, and then really it's just, uh, we have some international volunteers helping and then we link with our other staff. So we're in housing. Uh, some of the roles are in housing uh, have a chaplaincy liaison part of their role. So they specifically are linking and helping uh, Ryan with the housing work. And then within youth, we have certain roles that have a more uh, Christian focus to them and, again, linking with. But the actual chaplaincy team isn't a big team. It's pretty much Ryan and his, and his small team of helpers, really. So, of course, um, with so Ryan yeah. not, not being there, that would have had a major <laughs> major impact. Yeah so, yeah. yeah, so obviously at the moment it's difficult to be because he can't be there in person. He, he, mm. he was trying to do phone calls and keep in contact, which to a certain extent was useful there and helping. But, but really difficult for him to be able to do his role. So, and the prayer line is brilliant for obviously support to our clients and to the community generally. Um, and that's a great kind of sign of how the YMCA come together with local churches and faith works and being able to offer such a service is brilliant. But otherwise, it's quite hard to do the chaplaincy at the moment, unfortunately. Hope FM. 
Faith-Filled Radio. And what we started with uh, Gareth Sherwood, the Chief Executive Officer of YMCA Bournemouth, and we're going to finish with him. Uh, so nice to have you back again, Gareth, and lovely, fantastic to talk to uh, to some of your team members and hear about the work that is being doing there. Right at the heart... Yeah, they're great. Right at the heart of that work, of course, is faith. And you, you outlined that you know, when we first began at the top of the programme today. Mm-hmm. Tell us something about about your own faith journey, because I mean, obviously, you, you've you've had quite a an amazing journey to take you to the YMCA where you are now. Yeah, I, I mean, very quickly. I mean, I I grew up in a, a Christian home, and um, my father is a church minister, and I, I always thought, you know, I was a kid that that I. I would watch these people on platforms that would tell me their stories of freedom from addiction. They found Jesus. And I always thought I didn't have a story. And uh, I look back and I see that the Lord's led me through um, growing up in a Christian home and finding the Lord at a young age um, and encountering the Spirit of God at a young age and getting involved in, in youth work from about the age of 15, 16. And that taking me through volunteering within the church, studying in medicine, becoming a doctor, eight years hospital medicine, doing extra studies in ethics and law, um, ending up in church ministry, um, 10 years as a church, well, longer than that now, 13 years as a church minister. And um, then in the meantime, um, now coming down to serve in a church down here and be the chief executive of the YMCA. And the, the, the kind of the story and the rolling of it and the starting of charities and getting engaged in public life like I have, it's just been a remarkable journey, remarkable journey and testimony of what the Lord can do with somebody that didn't think they had a story. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you I mean you're not alone in that because many people think that oh, I didn't have a dramatic, you know, uh, road to Damascus, yeah. angels and all that experience. But uh, but of course, uh, it it doesn't it doesn't mean actually that because I bet you that now you've just reflected there very briefly on 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 that journey you must be pretty much amazed at how god has worked over over the years yeah and you know he's he's described i think it was um hillsong conference a couple of years ago there was the theme was the grand weaver and ravi zacharias who recently passed wrote a book on it and and it very much is as you look back you just see how god wove things together the story of me running in the youth work, then becoming a medic and, a, and, and practicing in medicine, and the skill set that you developed there, and then rolling that forward into the pastoral work that I did and running churches and the organizational skills that you translate through and the way you approach um, issues that you deal with, and then tra- rolling that forward and all of the church leadership and um, pastoral ministry and the medicine now translates into being a chief executive, which is how you interact with people, how you lead people, how you're sensitive to issues, how you deal with problems. And it's amazing that you can just see, as you can trace it through, what God brings you through in one season you may not understand, but he's skilling you up and equipping you for the next season in life. And you begin to draw on history and experiences that you've been through, good and bad. And you can see how God just takes the, the, the wealth of your story into his work in the next gener- next season that you have in life. Well, as you look forward, I mean, obviously, you know, we look back and we think, yeah, God has has taken us through all those experiences, as you say, to prepare us for what we are now doing. As you look forward, what is your what is your vision, your your heart's desire for the YMCA, and indeed for wherever God may take you in in the future? So, what what I want to do um, with the YMCA here locally is really bring to its core the the Christian heart and message really want to see the fruit of the Spirit in the lives of all of our staff, whether they know Jesus or not. I, I want to see them 
you know, abounding in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in their lives, because it's fruitful for them. But I also want to see um, the kind of the springboarding of, of, a, of almost like compassionate infrastructure that the YMCA would be in the community. And what I mean by that is it, it mobilizes people to flourish and thrive in their lives, to, to reach out in compassion and, and the fruit of the Spirit to others, um, and to see the kingdom of God manifest in their lives, and to see them come to know how much they're loved by God, how much that um, he dreams dreams over them, how much he has given them in their lives, and what they can do with their lives to to better the world that we live in. You know, ultimately, the YMCA exists to see people transformed into the likeness of the King, and the community transformed into the likeness of the Kingdom. And I I, I want to leave that legacy behind. Um, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is the, the verse that describes Enoch. It's so small lines, and it just says, he walked with the Lord and there was no more. And that, that, I would rather that be my story so that I leave the YMCA in a position where it, as a, as a, as a kind of living, breathing organization that binds people together in the cause of the, of the gospel, um, that it becomes a legacy which breathes life into its community every day of the week to every person it meets. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts, and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.